Welcome along to this Le Beau Jeu special. Jorge Sampaoli looks set to return to European club coaching with Marseille. And who better to talk about the Argentine tactician than the man who Sampaoli based his hairstyle on, Graham Hunter. Graham, como estas? Well, listen, when you say who better than Sampaoli, himself would be better. So, just in factual terms, I'm going to give you my all, uh, as I always do on Beau Jeu, but um, Sampaoli would have been better himself. So, just factually, <laughs> let's start out letting the listeners know that we're an honest pair. The last time we saw each other, you didn't have those San Paoli tattoo sleeves. I think he's, he's gone off on a tangent there in the in the fashion sticks compared to your... You, he, he, he and I exchange notes regularly and we don't try and keep up with fashion. We, we try to set it. We try to push the boundaries if we possibly can. Well, this I'm, is, up a tree. I'm up a tree right now, spying on my neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> That's Which it. Which is not a, a matter for the gendarme, it is a reference to San Paoli's earlier career. In, indeed, in, indeed, very, very much like uh, a certain Marcelo Bielsa, who's who's already been at Marseille. He's already had the Chile and Argentina jobs, just like San Paolo, and they both come from the same uh, region in Argentina, that in, in Santa Fe. How much? I mean, obviously, Marseille fans have gone a bit wild on this, and they're basically expecting San Paolo to be like Bielsa. Is he? They won't invite his translator out. Um, for a fight and go wandering off into the field to strip off his jacket and then, you know, say, listen, the only way that after a year of working happily together we can sort out our differences is by punching our lights out, um, which we also did. Um, is he like him? I, I think the, the first thing to, to look at in the experience I had of him is that, like Pep has now, um, he had Juan Malillo as his assistant at Sevilla. So, when you mention Leo and Sampaoli and Bielsa and Pep, you are talking about, whether it's every taste or not, you are talking about the big beasts of the open university of football. Very much theorizing, very much looking for ideas and angles and philosophies that, that other people not only don't see, but probably would sneer at. So we, we are talking the high thinkers. And I think Sampaoli um, adores certain concepts that the other famous for. So um, the press is, is high, it's energetic, it's organised, constant. Um, positional football. So the ball flows. If, if the system that Sampaoli... I, I should have begun by saying he's not quite as... I don't believe he's as extreme in his uh, beliefs or manners as Bielsa, but it's not far off. So if anybody's looking for absolute identity, I think they might be not disappointed, but they'll notice the difference. So for example, Sampaoli is is a far happier animal communicating his ideas and thoughts to the media. He will give I, I found it, you know, a joyful experience. And, and Journalists are, are the least of the worries of the Marseille fans. I've been there, I was there. Uh, the first time I took in a, a game at Velodrome was in the, the star-studded select game, which was to celebrate the World Cup draw for 98. So it was in December or whatever. And I think it was a Zidane selection, the World Select, something of that nature, being held in Marseille's own stadium. A great honour. And of course, what the hooligans at, at Marseille <laughs> Invade the pitch midway through the match to try and rip the strips off the famous players' backs so that they could have them as souvenirs and 
the matches at very least delay, if not abandoned, if I remember correctly. So Sampaoli's got some learning to do, I would argue, about life and Marseille. But is, isn't, his, you, his personality, isn't his personality quite suited to somewhere like Marseille? Because, I mean, he's, he, he's had a bit of a row at Atletico Mineiro when he's left. He's certainly, he's certainly pretty combustible, which, which fits with your own experience, yeah. Marseille. Yeah, but you know, I would, I would, I would argue from my, from my, you know, distant understanding of where Marseille is now, that that might be true. So I think you're talking about all or nothing when you say that because he is combustible. When he was at Sevilla, um, he fell out well, privately. It didn't even need that with the uh, the president of the Castro with a huge argument about Christopher Columbus, and San Paoli thought that. Castro showed a horrendous lack of um, social history knowledge, therefore thought less of him from that point midway through the season. Um, but what do Marseille need? They, they, without question, they don't simply need um, better coaching. They need somebody who can um, look attractive to better players for the joint. They, they, in my opinion, they almost certainly need somebody who can um, bring warring factions together, convince to, uh, 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 somebody who's not a warrior that goes to, to take over there. Okay, you're right, they, 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 may, they might sink and drown. But, but they don't need him to be on a war footing all the time. They don't need him to be picking fights with either um, directors above them or players or ex-players or the media. Because it's such, it's been just such a volatile time for the club that, yeah, somebody careful and tough and, and he'll stick his chin out. Yeah, fine, I, I agree. But he, he needs to have um, an environment in which he can, can weave his magic. And, and he nearly did at Sevilla. Remember, it was only a year. Um, and what stood out there in your comparison um, with Bielsa was that his positional football makes it, when it flows, it's very attractive. But he didn't have enough time to uh, correct the, the, the naivety that, that the performances sometimes showed, which I think is, is true of Leo when he's a first-team coach, now a, you know, an assistant coach. I think it's true of Bielsa too, that until you've got a couple of seasons under your belt, making sure that everybody is doing the right thing every time, all the time, um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really hard plateau of football intelligence and diligence to achieve uh, quickly. And, and that's why if Marseille fans listening to you look back at Sevilla and, and say, well, geez, we, we see a couple of uh, pumpkins by Barcelona, we see a, a pumpkin towards the end of the season against uh, Real Madrid, we see them getting knocked out of the, the cup early. You could draw ill conclusions, Ian, because I think we spoke at the time about them, and certainly when you visited over um, to Spain, we, we spoke about the fact that there's actually a little bit more of a legacy from his season in Sevilla than, than first glance would tell you about. As far as I understood it, I mean, the first half of that season was was brilliant. I think Sevilla was something like third at the halfway yeah. stage, a point off the top. And then and then the rumours about him taking the Argentina job came up. And um, it's something that we experienced here in 
back in 2009, 2010, when Bordeaux had a brilliant first half of the season and just absolutely fell away because Laurent Blanc was linked to the France job and he, he was certain to take it over. So obviously the, it seems that the Sevilla squad kind of took their eye off the ball, perhaps they weren't quite as motivated. But I mean, so your, your impressions of him were certainly very positive from that one season in Spain. No, do, you, do you think... Do you think? Do you think, though, that the fact that he's only had that one season in Spain is a negative? Um, it's a slight negative for Sevilla. So, for example, uh, Castro, the president, uh, and Campoli were were very different men, um, and yet Castro finished the season having offered um, Campoli a renewal in, in very early Easter finished the season saying we've had a brilliant man here and a second season would have seen him eradicate some of the errors. Um, I think that you referred to the initial impact he had and, and it was it was pretty thrilling. If anybody dares to go back on the date of the European Super Cup, which was um, well, it was played a strange but my, my memory wants me to say Trondheim in Norway, and I think it was that particular edition of the European Super Cup that was played in Trondheim, I think. And they played uh, European champions Real Madrid, um, and it was one hell of a game. And despite Madrid leading earlier, Sevilla played a, a lovely brand of football, were completely convinced of their own abilities, led to one with about 30 seconds left before Ramos, as he always does, produced something absolutely special and, and then Carvajal won it in, in the extra time. That was a real calling card for his brand of football and it was marvellous to watch. Um, they didn't make a good job of the Spanish Super Cup where they lost twice to, to football Barcelona. In fact, again, if memory serves, I think they lost four times to Barca that season and lost heavily at Bernabeu. But in the cup when they drew... Uh, Real Madrid. It, it, it was it was the it was absolute absolute emblematic 180 minutes of his reign because it was fourth of January. The, the squad was a bit sluggish. They'd had a Christmas holiday that year, not long, but they just lost some of the you know the the brand of football. This man, like the group of acolytes that we mentioned, proposed, is so intense that even when players had you know, 10, 11 days off. They just looked all over the place when they went to Bernabeu in the first leg of the Copa del Rey to play uh, Madrid. And they were beaten through there and beaten handsomely. And, and they were just, they were kind of um, steamrollers. Yet by the time the second leg came along, it was an absolute slugfest, ding-dong battle. There was a point at which Sevilla led 3-1. Uh, it went to 3-3 because I think on Sevilla's mind that it just were already 3-0 down. But it was it was absolutely fantastic. We saw a, a nice season from Jovetic who's brought in. And, and one of the key components, you talked about the, the players maybe losing a little bit of uh, um, fiery blood or fiery conviction because of the rumours about the Argentina job. One of the key footballers who ebbed and flowed that season was Nazri. Nazri, um, often um, playing next to, oh, help me now, yeah, who is the um, Stephen, the big French central midfielder whose play I love, he runs to Roma. Nzonzi and, and Nazri together in midfield, with Nzonzi doing the sort of Patrick Vieira job of 
winning the ball with those telescopically long legs. And, and Najee's been prepared to pick up a little shunt pass into space. And when he was committed and, um, and fit, it was just a joy to watch. Um, Sissan Benyeda was the leading goal scorer. And again, people will recognise that I, I'm not certain, I don't see Monica sufficiently to know whether he's carried the level over or the goal scored. It was just a joy to watch in that team. And yeah, you, Sevilla, when they played that season, were absolutely superb. You said, is that the same for, is that a disadvantage for him? Is it problematic for him? But they only had that season in France. I, I guess you mean in terms of the tremendous fuck into European ways. I, I think that um, he's got enough about him. He's an extremely ambitious, extremely fit, aggressive guy, but who adores football. He's head over heels and loves the football. And the, 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 what, what had happened was when he joined Sevilla, they put a, a get-out clause. They thought they had a treasure. And they said that the get-out clause, I think the get-out clause was touching 4 million euros, which is pretty big for um, a foreign coach who was coming to Europe, I think, for the first time. I don't think he coached in Europe before. And I think they didn't expect it to be used. Sabaoli had turned the Argentina job down already, and, and luckily it proved to be a pretty disastrous idea in taking over. He, him and Afa, the, the, the Argentinian, that was a, a, a match not made. Anyway, the long and short of it is that by the time Argentina began to approach uh, Castro, the president, directly, Sabaoli was saying to him, Look, I cannot, I will not turn them down twice. This is my country calling, it's my dream job. If this was the first time they came, I might ask them to have patience. But the second time they've asked me, I won't turn it down again. Negotiate. And in the end, it cost us uh, 1.5 million to liberate him at the end of the season. And it left us with a, a sense of, of what might have been. But I think that um, it also left, left us with a first season of different Banyera, first season of uh, Longley. There was an enormous amount of player trading. Um, the Banega left just before Sampoli arrived. And I think that the, the, the combination of Banega and Sampoli on a day-to-day basis, where they learned about each other and, and Banega was able to enforce the, the, the style of play that Sampoli wanted, that would have been good medicine, I think. How they got on at international football and how they got on at club football, I think, would have been two different things. So that was a loss. And when Sampoli went away, one of the, I was saying... When you were there in pre or post match asking him questions, his answers were brilliant because they gave you um, masses of information. He was he was very open and frank about how I want to play this game, how I review that game, what this player is doing for me, what am I supposed to be achieving, and and that just enriches your coffee, enriches your understanding of football, and enriches your enjoyment of your career. So he's a figure that I like very much watching and listening to. Sounds like there could be fireworks if it all goes right and fireworks if it all goes wrong too at Marseille, which is pretty much par for the course down there at the Stade, <laughs> the Stade Velodrome. Thanks a lot, Graham. Brilliant stuff as usual. Great insight on the man that's going to be leading Marseille, hopefully for the next uh, couple of seasons. Let's see how he gets on. Thanks for that. Vive le bonjour. <laughs>